This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Are you a football fan looking for the latest analysis and news on the Jacksonville Jaguars? You're in the right place. Lock and deal, baby. Welcome to the Gen Jag Podcast with your host, Jordan DeLugo. Move those chains. Here's your host, Jordan. Duval, welcome to the 52nd episode of the Gen Jag Podcast. Just as in this is episode 52. Jaguars are going to be going to Super Bowl 52, so we feel like this should be a special episode for us. Um, we have the return of Hunter Evans. Hooray. He's our <laughs> resident Jags homer slash really good guy at X's and O's. He coaches high school football. His season is now done, so he's back with us on Wednesdays. We're happy to have him. You can follow Hunter at Coach H underscore Evans. Joined by Scott Klein, as always. You can find him on Twitter at ScottKlein1. And you can find myself, Jordan DeLugo, on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo. Welcome to the 52nd episode, Jaguar Super Bowl Commemorative Edition episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we've got a lot to get into. Jaguars are coming off their first close one of the season. They're able to edge out the Chargers in overtime through... Some truly miraculous play by the Jaguars' defense at the end of the game. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Scott's uh, still trying to get his voice back yeah. after hollering <laughs> so much at the game. Yeah, it's been it's been a rough couple days. It's finally starting to get back to me, but yeah, I'm definitely still feeling it. But we're happy to have him. Hunter. What's up? What is going on, man? Not much. It's been a long time off. It's been... A very long time off, actually, so excited to get back into it. Excited to go to my first Jaguar games, really, this year. That yeah, was, that yeah. was fun. Me too. Yeah, first, <laughs> first tailgate of yeah, the year. Yeah, we had a great tailgate this weekend. <clears throat> Super fun. I mean, uh, we were all optimistic, but it was still the Chargers. You still had that feeling like, ah, yeah. oh, Phillip Rivers, you scared the shit out of me. Uh, so, it was good to get a win, obviously. We'll get more into that later, but Hunter, how'd football season go? What's new? What's going on? Went all right. We went uh, went four and six. Uh, new school. Uh, four wins, the most wins the senior class has had in their entire career combined. Do you want to wow. tell tell our audience <laughs> what school we're I talking am, about? I am at Creekside High School. So first year there, turnaround of a program. Uh, but you know, good year, decent year. Ended up beating Fleming Island, who's actually still in the playoffs. They're one of the top ranked teams in seven A. So that was pretty cool win for our seniors. Um, That's badass. Yeah, so now it's just 
off season, so I'll be traveling around, going to different schools, talking to new coaches and clinics and all that fancy stuff, and actually finally and the Gen Jack podcast. Yeah, oh yeah. But don't bury the lead. Right? <laughs> Let's get right to it. <laughs> finally, able to watch football that is not, you know, the team I coach. This is first weekend I spent this whole year actually watching other teams so <laughs> i feel i feel like i'm well, slightly normal again that's good welcome yeah, back it's, we're, it's we're, good to be back excited I, uh, to have you <clears throat> it's different normally on a wednesday night i'd be just getting home maybe yeah like not even actually what times are in no not, we'd still be in practice so oh wow uh, yeah, it's it's good to be back. Yeah, um, we can go back to arguing and butting heads. Oh about yeah, everything. you know, because I just don't like you. Me and Jordan, <laughs> me and Jordan agree too much. It's it's just there's no there's no conflict. There's no it's, interesting things. It's always just like oh yep, we're both on the same page. Yeah, see, I'm I'm here to argue. <laughs> I don't I don't like your opinions. <laughs> good, make the Jim Jack podcast great again. Exactly. Exactly. All right, so we are super stoked to have you back, obviously. We've only talked about you every episode since you've been gone. It's because I missed y'all. <laughs> uh, this episode, as in every episode, presented by the Bold City, Bold City Brewery. Excuse me. Uh, you can check them out at BoldCityBrewery.com on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. Um, they do a lot for us today. They've got us some uh, damn tasty beverages. We've got some Fritz Hefeweizen, 4% alcohol by volume. That's one of their mainstays. We've got 1901 Roasted Red Ale. That's Hunter's favorite oh, Gold City it. beer. So we're happy to have that for him today. The welcome back present. Uh, we've also got the Bourbon Barrel Aged Duke Brown Ale, which is fun. Drink in moderation. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 75 Alcohol by volume, but you know when you're drinking it, you get all the flavor of whiskey yeah. and all the flavor of the beer all combined. It's beautiful. It is. It is very good. So, like we said, we've got a lot to get into today. Latest Jaguars headlines. Jaguars Chargers recap. By far the most dramatic game of the year for the Jaguars. Uh, injury update. The injury report's getting a bit longer than it had been with some more uh, big names than it had had on it in recent weeks. So we'll get into that. Jaguars play the Browns this weekend, trying to get to 7-3. and three. Uh, We'll look around the AFC South, give you a PFF minute, and we'll also get into some other fun stuff. So, <clears throat> headlines. Watch party this weekend. Bricks Tap House. We haven't been out there for a couple weeks. We had two straight home games, so we're happy to be back out there. They have complimentary brunch starting at 11 for all their customers, and uh, it'll end at one, and then they'll have uh, fantastic drink specials throughout the game and throughout the rest of Sunday. So that's where we'll be. We'll have our new merch. We'll have uh, Welcome to Saxonville hoodies, long sleeves, and regular t-shirts. We'll have all the other mainstays, Believer Since Weaver, Duval Against the World, all the other good stuff. Check out our all our merch at jimjack.com. You can go to the gear page. Check it all out. But, again, we'll be out there. We'll probably get out there around noon. Hunter might grace us with his appearance. I'm going to try. this presence. You know, it's, it's, it's tough sometimes on it's a Sunday. It's hard being a family man. Exactly. <laughs> you know, i got to convince the wife to figure something to do with the baby. <laughs> to figure, yeah. you know. And then when we don't have a kid, it's like, do we go to the you know, watch party or do we sleep? So, <laughs> I feel you. So, 
Yeah, we'll have hoodies and long sleeves, you know, so for people that get out there and aren't appropriately dressed, should be a little chilly this weekend, so they can grab them a hoodie. Apparently it's going to be cold. Welcome to Saxonville. Yeah, the Jaguars are playing in a cold weather game, first cold weather game of the year. We'll obviously get more into that a little bit later. So the bank was really rocking Sunday for a second straight week. It was awesome to see. Just a good crowd, good tailgate crowd. Super fun, man. Yeah, great weather. I mean, yeah, pretty mild throughout the day. Um, the last two weeks, though, I will say, it's been pretty cloudy uh, pregame, mm-hmm. tailgate time. And then we get in the game, and right around kickoff, the skies just open up, and it's just straight sun. It, it reminds <laughs> you how warm it can get. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. But... Um, that was the craziest Jaguar game we've seen in some time, especially at home. I mean, going into overtime, uh, having to overcome two Blake Bortles interceptions in the waning moments of the game. Uh, you get A.J. Boye picking overtime. Tashawn Gibson would be touchdown in, in uh, regulation that got called back. But we'll get into the rest of the fun stuff from the Chargers game. Uh, Matt Overton, the Jaguars' long snapper who was signed because of a Carson Tinker's uh, season-ending injury at long snapper. He's now out with a shoulder injury. He's on IR. Colin Holba was signed. He was actually drafted by the Steelers this year in the sixth round. Yeah. You don't often see long snappers drafted, but he was drafted. Uh, he didn't end up making the cut with uh, the Steelers' final roster, but he'll take Matt Overton's place as the long snapper. I saw actually a story about him today. Uh, Ryan O'Halloran, I believe it was, posted something where he was actually scheduled to be a substitute teacher this week. <laughs> Got the call, made the trip, worked out, and ended up getting signed. So That's fantastic. To, I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, he was back in Louisville um, where he went to college. Right. And, and he's he, from Kentucky originally, yeah. too. So he was <laughs> scheduled to be a substitute teacher this week, and he's going to be playing in an NFL game on Sunday. That's awesome. So what you're saying is he let all his kids down. Oh, yeah. They are, they're all <laughs> unsupervised for the rest yeah. of the week. Chaos. <laughs> Anarchy. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy so Blake Bortles offered a bit of advice to Deshaun Kaiser today <laughs> a little reverse throw psychology. the ball to your team as much as possible yeah. um, it's funny because you know obviously it's obvious you can just pick up Blake right with that <laughs> yeah. one it's like why don't you do that more often but Blake has a good sense of humor he shows why everyone loves him even okay. though he's not a great quarterback we still love him as a person and probably always will no matter what happens. <laughs> Unless he costs you a game in the playoffs, then you might hit him. Yeah. Mm. But we'll get we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. How about I feel like that? he'd buy enough fireball for everybody to forget a little bit. So. <laughs> yeah, he probably would, no doubt. <laughs> so Steve Smith, he admits Jalen and AJ are the best tandem at cornerback in football. That means a lot because Steve Smith and Jalen... They're not uh, sending each other Christmas cards. No. <laughs> they got they, the rookie got in got into it with them a little bit on their in the when they played and uh, in 2016. In 2016, yeah. and it, it's he. I mean, he's understanding this kid's good. Yeah. <laughs> just, even if you don't like the guy, he's an excellent football player. So I mean, he's just spitting facts, just straight facts. Straight, straight facts, facts, y'all. That's all it is. Uh, Pro Bowl voting opened this week, so make sure to go vote for all your Jaguars. I voted. That's awesome. Yeah. Have you voted yet? Honey? I have not. I have I've voted. only voted uh, have 257 times so far. So. <laughs> I have not voted yet. You should be able to set 
a roster and then just be like, repeat, repeat, auto-fill in. Yeah, I think they're trying to make it seem somewhat reasonable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but nonetheless, go vote for your Jaguars. Pro Bowl voting open this week. AJ Boye was named the AFC Defensive Player of the Week, third Jaguar of the year to be given that award, and the third Jaguars cornerback ever to be given that award. Only Jalen Ramsey and Rasheen Mathis had uh, done that before him. He obviously got pretty much the game-winning interception in overtime. Yeah. I wanted him to run that in so bad. Well, he would have if he didn't get, you know, knocked out by a quarterback. (laughs) Yeah. But then again, Phillip Rivers might still be playing this week if it wasn't for that hit. So Yeah, and, uh, you know, we, who won? Who's going to celebrate? The quarterback <coughs> who got to tackle someone that picked off his pass or the guy that picked <laughs> yeah. off his pass? Or Jalen Ramsey That's coming true. and poking a hand in his face. Yeah, that true. <laughs> yeah, there's a great shot of Jalen, um, AJ, and Dante just, like, hugging each other right <laughs> after the play. It's awesome. Good stuff. So, injury report. So before we get to the injury report, shout out to Moose. He's a Jaguar yeah. fan. Uh, he was out at the Jaguars All Access on Monday night at Mellow Mushroom. Apparently, he goes to all of the all the the live shows, and he was wearing a Welcome to Saxonville shirt. He won one of our Welcome to Saxonville shirts, obviously. He won um, a Calais Campbell signed jersey, and Calais Campbell gave it to him. That's awesome. And then. Calais Campbell has given him uh, airfare and the hotel and all that. So to to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. sorry that he won two Super Bowl tickets. That's well. yeah, that's the big. My thing. bad. I, I buried Who the lead. Who cares about that? Up. You got a Calais Campbell jersey. <laughs> yeah. Come on. No, so that is awesome. Uh, shout out to Moose if you're listening. Hit us up. So getting into the injury update, it's gotten pretty lengthy lately. Uh, the injury report that is, Alan Hearns he. What a gutsy performance. He oh, injured his ankle late in the game on uh, on Sunday and instead of instead of, you know, acting like he was injured uh, in order to save a timeout for the Jaguars, he literally crawled off the field as fast as mm-hmm. he could. Which if if he didn't do that, there would have I'm assuming I think there would have been, been a runoff. Second, yeah, a 10 second runoff. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean it, it just the the guts like when uh, all he's probably thinking about is how much his ankle hurts. He still got it in his head. Man, I gotta get out of here. Right. And Jay- Mickens yeah. with the awareness to be ready to run on the field that quickly. He had his helmet ready as soon. And as to make the next play, the very yeah. next play. It was awesome. It's almost like they've been coached well. <laughs> yeah, look at that. Gus <laughs> Bradley was like, "Oh God, where anybody get in there?" Yeah, it was it was great to see that. So he's not gonna play this week. I mean, pretty much guaranteed at mm-hmm. this point. Safe bet. Uh, ankle gonna hold him out. He had an MRI, came back negative, so that's good. He'll probably play again this season, but not this week. Patrick Omame has a quad. He was pulled last game for injury slash not playing well reasons. <laughs> uh, so he uh, he's he's not in practice on Wednesday. He'll probably be questionable all week. But again, you feel pretty good with Tyler Shatley going in there to to uh, replace him. Marquise Lee, he hasn't been practicing a lot at all this season. He has the knee still. It's been a lingering injury for a few weeks, nearly a month now, really. And uh, he didn't practice, so he's a guy you probably don't expect to, practice, expect to practice a lot during the week, but you expect him to play on Sunday. He's been doing it all year long. 
Blair Brown has a hamstring. He's a rookie backup linebacker, special teamer. Uh, he was out on Wednesday, and Dwayne Smoot, the fourth-round pick defensive end, had a knee. He was also out. So keep an eye on those guys moving forward through the week. Uh, Limited was Fournette with the ankle. Aurelius Ben has a knee. Mercedes Lewis has a knee. And Liberty McCray has a foot. So also keep your eye on those guys as we move through the week. Let's go ahead and get in to our Chargers recap. The Jaguars finally won a close one. Several miracles basically had to happen in order for this win to be secured. Uh, You know, Tashawn Gibson had to get that big play at the end of regulation, recovering the fumble to get the Jaguars into field goal range. Really, they probably should have won the game, and Alan Hurts wouldn't have gotten hurt. But the referees called back his run back, even though I haven't heard many people believe that it was actually any conclusive evidence to call the touchback or call to the touchdown back. Yeah, and to me, it's it's like, okay, I feel like there should be some more transparency with the decisions that are made by the referees. Like, okay, maybe after the game at some point, here is the conclusive look that shows to Sean Gibson, yeah. this is why we called what we called. A little honestly. more accountable, I agree. Because right mean, now... I have I, interviews after the games, but not like, this is exactly what I saw. Yeah. Here you go. This is what made me change my mind. I think... This is a reason why they need to almost like tone down on the reviews, in my opinion. Like, not gonna happen. I know yeah. it's not, but the whole fact of when every touchdown they review it, I don't like it. Like, leave it in, leave that human factor in the game. But see, they don't, they I, don't want to. Do I know it. they yeah. don't. And want I, it. I kind of agree. Like, you're at the point where you've gone this far. Try to make it as good as possible. I mean, yeah. I, I agree, but at the same time, the human factor, like, it, it's such a big part of the game. Like, if you don't have that missed call here or there, it just becomes almost a robotic game. And, I disagree. And then, really? and then <laughs> yeah. I, I can kind of see where you're coming from because with all the reviews, it, yeah, it, slows, it slows down the it game. Down it can cause the huge delays that kills any kind of momentum that you I'm get. I'm all for getting the call. Not if all the reviews are done rem- um, remotely, though, at a centralized location. But yeah, I'm but, all for getting the call right. Which they are kind of, which is fine. But like, make it where the coach has to review that last touchdown. Like, why? Why does it all of a sudden just nope? Here, send it to a review. If that's the case, every play is going to start being reviewed. Well, it's probably heading that way. Yeah, <laughs> more than the other way. But then, even even if you do tone it back, where do you draw that line to where okay, this is human enough to where it's not robotic? So then it's just. You're, you're either basically forced into going away from review, like uh, reviewing uh, with uh, video equipment, or completely buying into it because finding a middle ground it's to tough, where. But they everyone, should keep working on it. Yeah. That's the point. It and, needs to be. And, that's, and they're always going to They make some millions of dollars. They're going to do everything that they can to make their product the best on the field. Oh, of course. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, that led to Hearns being hurt, but eventually led to the Jaguars getting into overtime and uh, A.J. Boya just making a miraculous interception. Yeah. Ripped the ball away from Travis Benjamin on a nine route uh, and returned at 51 yards to the two. <laughs> set the Jaguars up in field goal position again. That field goal would do it for the Jaguars and win the game. And that leads us to Josh Lambeau, who was... Fantastic at the end of the game. 
Uh, he his his last field goal in overtime was actually partially blocked, yeah. but had enough steam on it to sail through the uprights. That was awesome. He's now seven of seven for the Jaguars on field goals, five of six on extra point attempts. The one extra point that didn't go in was also blocked. Uh, so maybe working on some height a little bit on those kicks. Josh Lambeau could uh, work on that. But plus, you have a backup long snapper. Right, in there's the game different that issues point. that go on in kicking. Yeah. It's not always on the kicker. So mm-hmm. you've got that. And then um, uh, Lambeau has also been pretty great on kickoffs. He's only had three touchbacks, but uh, the average per return is dramatically lower than it was for Myers. Myers was allowing 27.8 yards per return, and Lambeau's like right around 20, a little under 20. And that could also be more of a special teams, on, you know, coverage stuff. Yeah. But still, it's not bad. It's yeah, it's it, there's a clear line in the sand where it suddenly started getting better. <laughs> right. So it's been awesome to see Josh Lambeau. You know, do his thing out there. He had the Lambo slide at the end of the game. He's just a fantastic, fantastic Jacksonville guy, really. With the funny celebrations, he's good on Twitter, and he just seems like a really engaging, nice guy. And Jacksonville really attaches to people like that. Mm-hmm. So if he keeps up the good play on the field, Jacksonville's going to keep supporting him for sure. Oh, there's no doubt. We briefly mentioned before Leonard Fournette. Wasn't really full speed. It looked like to me. What did you guys see there? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, to me, being at the game, it's hard to. It, it's always so difficult for me to really kind of get a feel for the overall game while I'm there. Yeah, and, and no, you definitely have to go back and watch it. But going, going, even in in through the third quarter, it just, it really felt like he wasn't getting the ball. A significant amount. I know he got 17 carries by the end of the game, but it just felt like I know they weren't very efficient. I, he only had like 1.9 yards of carry yeah, or something. 17 like that. carries, 33 yards. Um, but it just felt like, especially on that one touchdown drive, they just abandoned it. And a lot of that, I'm assuming, was because of what the Chargers were kind of forcing them to do and not having Parnell. I mean, I think that hurt them quite a bit more than then we give it credit for because there was a clear drop-off as yeah, far as productivity. So. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that, and they, they also said that that's why he didn't get a lion's share of the carries. But it's kind of – I wish they would have done a little bit more in the, in the running game because when it is a single-possession game, it just felt like – anytime Blake Bortles was 51 passes in a game, yeah, it's, not the it's game crazy plan. to me. Never the game plan. It's also not the game plan for Fournette to only average 1.9 yards a carry. Yeah, so, true. You know, sometimes you have to adjust throughout the game. Clearly, mm-hmm. they didn't go in wanting Bortles to throw the ball that much, but these things happen. It's true. I mean, you saw the game plan in the first half. Bortles was not throwing the ball all over. I mean, mm-hmm. for the most part, he was pretty efficient for the first, what, two and a half, three quarters. I mean, he was fine until the last two minutes of the game. He got away well, with a couple things. I, I yeah, you're right, but still, but in, for Blake Bortles' standards, he yeah. was fine until then. I mean, mm-hmm. he had the fantastic drive. Yeah, uh, he made he some the team down the field. Made got some the really nice to Marquise throws. Lee and the two points to Marquise Lee. 
both of which were fantastic throws and fantastic catches. He made, uh, I think I even said it during the game as we were sitting there, uh, on the north side of the field, he got away from a sack, kind of scrambled out to the side, and everybody's like yelling, like, what are you doing? Like, oh, Blake sucks. And all of a sudden he makes his throw for a first down. I think it might have been to either Marquise Lee or um, Keelan Cole on the right, on our sideline. Yeah. Beautiful play. He always does play. some things that really wow you. I mean, <clears throat> he really should have had another touchdown. The the throw to Keelan Cole in the end zone just yeah. was right off Cole's fingertips. Obviously, it wasn't an easy catch, but there's a catch a lot of NFL receivers would make. Oh, yeah. And uh, That's a tough one. I mean, that was a hell of a throw. A lot of his throws have been nice. Yeah, and there, there was a late one with Lee where he almost caught it and it just yeah, bobbled it a little bit. Yeah, that should have been a completion that was on the well. money. That would have been a big throw, too. So, but, um, I mean, you know, the first 58 minutes is exactly what you want to see. The last two minutes is exactly what you think of when you think of Blake Bortles. Yeah, well, I think, I think those last two minutes were a lot of him not being comfortable because maybe the game plan did change so drastically. And I think it, it got into a situation where... He just wasn't expecting to be, which is tough to say. Like, obviously, you want your quarterback to be ready for everything, but it's not always possible. Like, he hasn't been in that situation once this year, really, where he's had to go out and win the game. Right, and And, it didn't work. And the worst part, one of the things that really sucks for him that I think is you see a lot of the comments that have been made this week is, oh, well, I told you he couldn't win the game for us. Well, I mean, Jesus, he played three quarters pretty well, and then finally everybody else shows up. In That's the, fourth the quarter. nature of the quarterback position. I, I would yeah, argue. I, I do understand that, but I would still. argue if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't win that game. Right, and a lot of <laughs> but, people have said that, and I agree with that. I mean, to an extent, to I an mean, extent, but you know, a lot of quarterbacks could have done a lot of stuff too. Yeah. I mean, Bortles did a fantastic job escaping pressure during yeah. this game. He did get sacked three times. But, yeah, but against probably the best pass rush we've Right, had. right. And he was under duress countless other times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was able to make good plays with the ball uh, when they were just getting all over him, harassing him. So you kind of see why he's the quarterback right now, and you also kind of see why he's not the franchise quarterback because yeah. you need someone who's going to get it done when it matters most. Yeah, I like... I like what you had said early in the week about in this very game, it shows you why he can win games in the playoffs and why he most likely is not the guy in the future. Like, that's really a microcosm of his entire career. Right. I mean, it's always been this guy who, in his second year, threw for 35 touchdowns. It was a lot of garbage time, but it's still, it's, he gives you such. Bright looks, and then all of a sudden implodes. Yeah, in, a, in, a, in another down. So, you know, it is what it is with Blake. That's where we're at at this point. Doesn't seem like he's going to be the long-term guy. So, penalties—they kind of reared their ugly head again. A um, lot of taunting type penalties. Mm-hmm. Just. Nonsense, really. Things you can't have when you're trying to win a game, and you know. At this point, the Jaguars aren't just competing for the playoffs. They're competing for the number one seed in the AFC. Yeah. So, it's really not what you're looking for there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think back to the Marquise Lee penalty yeah. um, where they throw the penalty on the defender. 
he gets up, kind of celebrates a little bit. They throw it, obviously, for taunting. And then they pick up the other flag. Yeah. So it, Which not, you it kind of feel for him there, because he's, like, celebrating the fact that he just got rocked. And yeah. The guys that... And people... And you've seen people got, people celebrate All getting a penalty. Yeah. All the time. So, I, it, it's kind of... I mean, he did kind of point at the guy. and. I mean, you feel for thing. Lee after that one, but you still can't do that. At best, they're offsetting penalties, and the play doesn't count anyway. Yeah. yeah so. so it, it hurts because that, that puts you in such a good position. Um, yeah, you're half a distance to goal. <laughs> yeah. You're going to win the game. But, but you know, the team for the most part over the last several weeks has been better with penalties. It hasn't been a huge issue. You did see some offensive penalties that really stymied the Jaguars' offense this week. Holding, yeah. crackback block, things of that nature. They need to tighten that up. Obviously, it won't matter that much against the Browns, but, you know. And with with the discipline issue, I mean, with the penalties, this is a young team still. Yeah, and they're this still is, one of the five youngest teams in football, it's despite a, all the veteran leadership they've added lately. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you guys, you have guys like Clayus Campbell and Willie Jackson and things like that, and Marcel Darius, but, I mean, you got Jalen Ramsey. He's they, they, got, they just have that attitude to where... They might cross the line every now and then, but you kind of want that in your defense right. to where um, you, you they almost are on the verge of a breakdown like A.J. Green had. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, to me, it's kind of to be expected, especially on the defensive side, because they have such an attitude and such an almost anger towards the other team <laughs> that you're going to get a little bit of overflow yeah. um, that the refs <clears throat> obviously aren't going to like. But I, I, Doug Marone's going to talk to him about that. <laughs> you better believe it. Yeah, I'm sure they've already addressed it. Now, the wide receivers getting onto a brighter note, they continue to improve. Still make some mistakes every week. Keelan Cole's drop touchdown pass. Uh, Marquise Lee's drop first down that would have went for a big play. But for the most part, these guys are coming through on a regular basis. You know, Marquise Lee, he continues to lead the lead, lead the team in receiving. He's being targeted heavily every week, making big plays. Alan Hearns um, racked up 70 yards on seven catches this week and obviously was made maybe the gutsiest play of a Jaguar player ever, just crawling off the field. So the wide receivers are continuing to improve. That's something to monitor. Hearns won't be there this week, but you will see D.D. Westbrook coming back this week. And, you know, we, you never know how a rookie's going to perform, but that could be huge. He's a guy that can take the top off of defense. He's a guy that can run crisp routes. And he's a guy that has great hands. So I personally probably have higher expectations than a lot of people for Westbrook about what he can do on the field as a rookie, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with him. But regardless, the Jaguars wide receivers should be able to thrive against uh, pitiful Browns. Uh, pass defense this week coming up. The Jaguars' pass rush, I thought they affected the game without getting any sacks. Oh. I thought they got Rivers off his mark a lot, and he would love to see them get him down on the ground more, but uh, I thought they were able to do a fair amount even without racking up a sack. There's a reason Rivers and Brady and some of those guys don't touch the ground much. Mm-hmm. Like, they get the ball out. It's, yeah. it's simple as that. Like, there, were, there were times where... like. 
we had beautiful pass rushes, and the ball's just out. Mm-hmm. And that's Rivers' ability to find somebody that's not even there is amazing. With with the guy in his face, like about the two, he's about to get nailed. Some of the throws he made, and I think uh, a lot of it was it almost looked like the Jaguars were playing a little more zone this week, trying to affect him, not giving him those one on one matchups because yeah. he is such a good quarterback. But he was able to find an open zone, and no surprise. No, yeah. I mean he's he, he's going to be. A I hall mean, of, when I you mean, got he's probably a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's one of the best that we've seen. He should be, if you ask me. In our generation, no doubt about well, it. When you guys got when you got like guys like Aaron Eckler to throw to, yeah, you're going to put up Austin. big number. Austin Eckler, whatever. See that he proves my point. Like, but no, I mean, he's he's one of the best. He's always killed us. He didn't get so lucky this this week, and no. that's. I think that's the first time in six game or six six or seven games we've actually been able to beat the Chargers with him yeah, as well, a quarterback. The Chargers lost to the Jaguars Philip Rivers rookie year. Oh, long time ago. Yeah. 2004. Yeah, long time. Wow. That was the last time. But the, they didn't play each other for a while mm-hmm. until 2010 and then the last 5 years they've played every year. So I don't know why they played 5 straight years. I'm sure if you break down the way schedules are put together, you can figure out why they've played each other five consecutive years. But you have that thing kind of going on with the Ravens, too. Yeah, the Ravens have been, what, past three, four years? Yeah, so it's interesting how that happens with some teams. You kind of have a develop a rivalry, even though you're not in the same division. But, uh, yeah, good to beat the Chargers. Good to beat Phillip Rivers. Um you kind of mentioned it with Austin Eckler. Missed tackles were costing the defense yeah. a lot. They cost two touchdowns to Austin Eckler. He's a guy that is effective out of the backfield. He's 5'9", 200 pounds, little guy, but was really kind of like a bowling ball. He would just bounce right off tacklers because guys were trying to hit him instead of form tackle and tackle through him. Uh, and it doesn't work. Some guys you got to wrap up and bring to the ground. You can't just hit them because they have such a low center of gravity. Mm-hmm. They can just bounce right off it, kind of like Mojo used to do. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Eckler killed the Jaguars. Five catches, 77 yards, two touchdowns. It was almost more annoying being beaten like a guy who, who looks like he doesn't fit in his jersey, in his yeah. pads. It was just so frustrating <laughs> watching that guy almost just tear up the Jags yeah, team, man. He did. He's a he's effective receiver out of the backfield. and mm-hmm. He just would not go down when he got hit. He would uh, fight through the arm tackles. But um, uh, the Jaguars' offensive issues on third down came back. Two weeks in a row against the Bengals and Colts, they were fantastic on third down. Blake was fantastic on third down. I guess this is you know what happens when you face a defense playing great football and you face a pass rush that features Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa, two of the very best in the game at pass rushing. And and when you're not effective at running the ball, I mean, there's you can't run the ball well. They're mm-hmm. loading the box, and you, game plan gets thrown out the window, and that and a mismatched line, offensive line. You know, I mean, it's gonna happen. I mean, it's week what week nine, week ten. Like yeah, you're getting 10. to the point of the season where not everything's gonna go exactly how it's gone. People start getting hurt. Start people start getting beat up, and this game was like that. That turning point, I think, for the team where it was like they won a game they probably shouldn't have. 
Yeah, and they that's lost the, their adversity. Yeah, like, they lost the Jets game. Shouldn't have won that game. You know, they lost uh, to the, the Titans and the Rams. Two games they shouldn't have won because they just didn't play well. Or they had a couple mistakes this week. Right, Jets, it was really... The offense didn't play well, but, but you yeah. had the big big runs that you allowed. That was the killer yeah. against the Jets. And then the Rams, it was the special teams. Yeah, they haven't had to over... They haven't been able to overcome adversity. And they finally did. I mean, third down, they were terrible. Awful. Yeah. I mean, 37 yards from Fournette is awful. Yeah. And they finally overcame something, so... And it, it helps when you can lean on this defense so much. I mean, Philip yeah. Rivers threw for like 230 yards. It didn't feel like that. No, I mean, they, they shut down their But, receivers. you know, he did find a lot of guys in the middle of the field. Yeah. You know, like you said, yeah, beating the zones. Beating zones. And yeah. it's, it's tough. He's going to make throws every game where you're just like, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. And, I mean, when you give up, you should feel comfortable winning a game when you only allow 17 points. I mean, we, we, I think we're t- still top 10 in scoring offense. Yeah. Um, the offense has some nice numbers. Obviously, yeah. the rushing offense is top some football. But I think total offense, they're like six in the league. It's crazy. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. But, you know, you get some explosive plays from the passing offense and the dominant <clears throat> running offense. That's where it gets you. So that that's pretty much it. I mean, Aaron Colvin played a great game too. Yeah. People don't talk about him that much. He's gonna get paid. I don't know if the Jaguars are gonna be able to hold on to him. It'd be nice to be able to keep him. What do I, you guys think about that? I want. I say pay him, or at least do whatever you got to do to keep him. Yeah, I mean, obviously I, don't break the bank because it's yeah, that's, for you. He's just a nickel corner, but you do what you got to do within reason to keep this guy. I and, think keeping this defense together as much as possible is going to be the biggest factor to being cons- consistently good for a couple of years. Because you I mean you look at the way this defense is lined up especially the secondary you still need to have a good corner because that's probably the guy they're going to try and pick on out of any of the DBs. Yeah, um, I mean they're not going to. Nobody's looking at Barry, Tashawn, Jalen, <laughs> or AJ. Like, yeah, that's the guy we need to throw the ball at. So I mean, it's it's it it is your third corner, but it's basically a starter in the NFL now. Definitely. Um, I don't really. I'm not of the mindset where you pay big money to a guy like that, but he's been so good, especially in the running game, which is huge for a nickel yeah. corner. And he does a lot of things, not just run defense, but. Uh, He's a great blitzer. Yeah. Uh, Philip Rivers on a third down got a pass batted by Aaron Colvin. He wasn't able to get uh, home on the blitz, but he was able to get in on him enough that he was able to block the block the pass down to the ground. So that's a huge play on a third down. He's a guy that if they don't keep, they're going to need to draft or sign someone that is of similar skill set. The problem is, I think people are overlooking the nickel corner a little bit. Like I saw something this week saying that just take Derwin James or something, put him at nickel corner. The problem with nickel corner is it's such a precise skill set. It's very mm-hmm. precise. It's yeah. The game is changing, and the nickel has to be somebody who's going to be extremely physical in the run game and cover a mixture of slots, running backs, and tight ends. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's crazy. Trying to talk about Derwin James playing nickel. No, yeah. he's a safety. <laughs> yeah. But uh, 
You know, there are going to be guys in the draft that you can potentially replace Colvin with. It just, I, I think it all depends on what you're able to get him for. If he, if I agree. He, I mean, I think you'd give him eight. Yeah, if you can get him for eight, you do it right now. We gave, uh, we we tried. What was it? What's it? He's gone now. Nobody Prince. even. No, no, no. no. Well, Prince, but uh, Devon House. What? Uh, Cyprian. What were they trying to? We were talking about uh-huh. giving him eight. Well, no, we game. weren't. No, in the po- we oh, on the podcast here. we talked about giving. Yeah, him like oh, we were talking okay. about like, would you give him eight to stay? Like, if you gave him eight, would that be too much? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I give I give Colvin eight right now. Yeah, but I mean, nickel corner. The only way he's going to get more money than that if is a, a team signs him as a as an outside, as a, as a outside which he feels like he can do. At right, a high level. You know, well, he some should. teams he should. A lot of teams mm-hmm. might not think that. Yeah, because they know. haven't really seen it. Right, you don't know. But he'll probably get paid. Either way, whether if it's with the Jaguars or with something else, someone else. So, if you're listening to the Jim Jack Podcast, again presented by Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of our podcast. You can find them online at boldcitybrewery.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Bold City Brewery. And uh, we want to take a moment to ask people, if you like our show, please go on the iTunes podcast app if you're on Apple and leave us a review. You can just search for the Gen Jag podcast and then go to reviews and you can leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. We work really hard on this and the more positive reviews we get, the easier it is for people to find us on the podcast app. So we'd really appreciate that. And uh, follow us on SoundCloud if you haven't. Make sure to check out our website, genjag.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar, on Twitter at Generation Jag. So we've done a lot of talking about the past here. The Jaguars have a game this weekend. It's against the 0-9 Browns. Uh, They're traveling up to Cleveland. Temperatures expected to be in the mid to high 30s game time. It could snow. Uh, It's going to be an interesting game. First cold weather game of the year. By far the worst team on paper the Jaguars have played. And there's a lot of interesting matchups. I mean, most of them clearly favor the Jaguars, but let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, Let's start with the Browns' defense because, let's face it, their offense is terrible. Yeah. Hmm. Let's start with the defense, which might be a little bit less terrible than the offense at this point. Uh, They just lost Jamie Collins. Torn MCL. He's he's out for the year. He just tore that against the Lions in their loss last week. That hurts a lot. Yeah, pro- arguably their biggest name guy outside of maybe Miles Garrett. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was. I think he didn't he just sign for a pretty big contract there. Yeah, to stay in. Yeah, um, he did. Yeah, really, probably their best defensive player, and. I mean, losing from a good losing someone like that from a good defense is bad. This is just yeah, catastrophic. losing him on a bad defense. It's like <laughs> yes. So that doesn't help them against the run or the pass. But they do have a stout run defense on paper, giving up three point one yards a carry, which is really fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, teams dream about giving up three yards a carry for a season. On defense, uh, they've got Danny Shelton in the middle at defensive tackle. He's very strong against the run. 
Linebacker Christian Kirksey, who got paid this offseason about $8 million a year, he's strong against the run. Uh, Miles Garrett's strong against the run. He's an overall great player. And they've got some other guys that also fill in well against the run. Linebacker Joe Schober, uh, defensive tackle that plays next to Danny Shelton, uh, Jamie Meter, and safety Derek Kindred, while he's pretty terrible in pass coverage. Yeah. He's... He's solid against the run. So they have some good some good run run stuffers and they have a good run defense overall. I think a lot of it has to do with teams not caring about running the ball because they can pass the ball all over them. Yeah, and <laughs> I think it also might have something to do with their defense coordinator, Greg Williams. He loves bringing pressure, um, getting guys flying at the line of scrimmage, um, which has opened up on the back end right. quite a bit and on an already poor defense. And you were talking about uh, just a, kind of a more in-depth look at it, that the whole defense as a whole is just kind of wonky. Oh, it's it's terrible. Yeah. It's awful. It it reminds me of stuff like I see watching film with high school teams. Like, <laughs> oh, boy. Like, just schematically, it makes no sense. <laughs> I, I And I'm not, I mean... You know, obviously that's just from my view. I don't know exactly what their calls and runs are, but you you turn on their film and it's like, what are you doing? Like, it doesn't make sense at this level being paid this much money to be running like a scheme that looks that wonky. And that's the best way I can describe it. It's not any one thing they do bad. I mean, they play pretty physical. They fly mm-hmm. to the ball. They're all over the field. Like, Miles Garrett gets off the ball like a son of a bitch. But <laughs> they line up, and there's bodies in places that don't – they shouldn't be. <laughs> I mean, they're leaving massive, massive amounts of grass wide open. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's what you see with the results. Yeah, and that, I think that's a big part of it. Like, um, I, I think people have a lot of respect for Greg Williams. I know a lot of defense coaches I know respect him as a defensive coach, but – I don't know if it's him just saying, screw it, you know, let's just go get the bastard and <laughs> hope to God we're going to sack the guy or stop him at, you know, inside the box, but yeah. it's, it's kind of an all or nothing approach. Yeah, I really think they're just kind of throwing everything they got out there and, and it's, it ends up showing with their pass defense. They're terrible. Well, and one thing handicapping <clears throat> their pass defense is the lack of a free safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Deshaun Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> I like what you did there. Speaking of Deshaun Gibson, he says, I truly hope we hang 40 on them this week. Yeah. So, yeah, he's he's anxious to go up there and beat his former team. But they have Jabril Peppers, who, I mean, some people thought was going to be a linebacker. Overrated. In Terrible. And uh, Kendred, who is a really a strong safety, both playing safety on the field at the same time. Yeah. yeah. They can't possibly cover. They they rely so heavily on defending zero to fifteen yards that they forget about anything like past that. Like they're just absolutely atrocious on defense. I it hurts my feelings. <laughs> yeah, there there was one I we, I just spent the last couple of days watching all the Browns games and it hurt. Um, but <laughs> there was one play against the the Lions in I think it's still a one score game where it's third and six on, like, the 40-yard line, every single player they have is on the line of scrimmage. And Golden Tate 
just makes one move, gets just catches a quick little slant, and there's just no, no one, one. Because they're all on the line of scrimmage. He just makes one move. He's already behind everybody. I mean, you were talking about, like, the Jaguars and some, some of the good matchups that they should have against the Browns. Or offensively, our matchup should be trumping them nonstop. Like, the, I think this is, week is a huge week for TJ Yeldon because they don't cover side to side very well. They don't really have the, yeah. the lateral speed anywhere on the field. Amir Abdullah tore. Yeah, they're very, they're very good. I mean, they are addicted for them. Actually. Yeah. Uh, I mean, receiver wise, their corners are really good. They got two pretty good corners. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, McCourty's playing great. And Brian Body Calhoun, who the Jaguars cut yep. during his rookie year, which I don't think anyone wanted him to get cut. I think everyone thought he deserved to make the team. Uh, anyways, they added him quickly. I would too. And uh, he's one of their starting corners now. Well, I mean, they've put them on an island pretty much, and that's shown. But really, I think between the guys that we should see a huge big game from is TJ Eldon, because I think he's been really, really solid in pass catching when he's been active. Obviously. Yeah, he's. I love TJ. Yeah. He, the past three games, he's played really well. Um, and then the tight end should have a really good game. I think, and I think the slots. Um, if we can get D.D. Westbrook in the slot this week, you should see him go I over mean, the top. I mean, Keelan could do it, too. Keelan, There's yes. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it's I'm just so thinking cool about think D.D. About those in the preseason. Guys. I know. He dominated in the preseason. It, yeah. And he's, he, I mean, except for the fact that Keelan Cole has played in all these games now this year that D.D. hasn't. You would say Didi would have been way more ready to play immediately than Keelan, mm. uh, just based on their well, skill set. Keelan came in. I mean, I feel like Keelan Cole came into the season just kind of happy he was on the team, right? Never really thinking he might. Well, yeah, and then Allen Robinson goes yeah. down immediately, and Didi's so. out for such a long time. It's. I mean, I think really this week the Browns are in a really tough situation because we don't have that big outside guy. Like we don't have the number one receiver, so they're going to have to figure out. What corner do we put on what receiver? Like we're they're kind of in a pickle where, what do you? And realistically, like Brian Body Calhoun's playing pretty well, but you would take your matchup with him versus yeah. any oh, yeah. of the Jaguars receivers, you know, besides like Aurelius Ben. Yeah, I would. <laughs> and too. even then, maybe. For the, yeah, for the most part, I mean, McCordy, you're probably gonna try to avoid. Yeah, he's damn usually. Good I mean. Yeah, I wouldn't say you try and avoid them, but not you, like you're you avoiding Jalen or AJ. But you, you look the other way, and yeah. you try and find other options for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if one of our running backs, like maybe TJ Yeldon, on a third down or something, just with like you said, they focus so much on everything, which was zero to fifteen yards, sneaking like maybe sneaking just a little swing pass out yeah. to a running back. They. The Titans missed about twenty of them yeah. in the game that they played. Can go for huge yardage because they they're playing man to man, get everything most in one way, and having the uh, just a running back, just a little swing pass. That that just, I yeah yeah, I yeah feel, I feel something like quick and let them go. If I'm Nathaniel Hackett going into this game, it really depends on what offensive line we have show up. If we're somewhat healthy and we you know we bring Parnell and all of them back and. I mean, ideally, what it'd be Cam Robinson at left tackle, Parnell at right tackle. Um, I personally think Shatley should be at center and throw Linder at guard with um, Ijikan or whoever you got at the other guard. 
I yeah, think I think Shadley's best, best position is center. Yeah, I think that gives you the best look. And if you come with that healthy line, you feel comfortable taking some shots downfield, some mm-hmm. double moves in here, you know, with DD and Keelan Cole. If not, I think you should expect to see a lot more quick game this week. Maybe some, um, you know, RPO style stuff. They don't do that as much in the NFL, but expect to see Blake given the option to kind of get rid of the ball quick or get out of the pocket kind of thing. And I, I would expect I would expect them to, to take deep shots because the pass rushers that they have, I mean, Emmanuel Agba was a high draft pick. He isn't really a great pass rusher. He's a better run defender. He's much better run defender. He doesn't really have any moves. It's just try and push the guy back. That's what, that's, yeah. well, that's what, what their he does. whole defense is. Yeah. They're just a bunch of bullies within well, the Well, Miles Garrett. Well, Miles Garrett can do transition. Something. Yeah. I mean, he, he, Miles Garrett's a new age style. And he has four sacks back. in four games this year. Yeah. He's playing really good football. He's an interesting mix of a defense alignment. He's physical and big, but he's quick. And it's, I think it's going to be an interesting game. I really do. I think if the offense comes out and just does what they're supposed to do, it shouldn't even be close. Well, I think if Leonard Fournette's at full strength, it shouldn't be close. Honestly. If if you have Leonard Fournette on fantasy, don't play him this week. I mean, I disagree. I I don't think he touches 100 yards rushing. If he does, it's not the 100 that we've seen him get. I mean, that's fair, but I think, you know, goal line, you're going to see the offense moving the ball more and more red zone opportunities. If a a league that's going to give you a good amount of points touchdown, but... I mean, every league you want touchdowns. And, and with, with the style <laughs> my, of... My league that I'm in is more touches. And with the style of defense that they play, having so many guys moving towards the line of scrimmage, Leonard Fournette has the opportunity every play to make one guy miss, yes. and he's off to the races. He, yeah, if he makes a guy miss. I think... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... I tough. like him. I, they I are personally the, think T.J. Eldon might have the better game, just because of what they're going to play. I think you'll mm-hmm. see a lot more outside zone, and I think you'll see a lot more... Um, I know people hate to hear it probably because we have a million of them. Screens. You're yeah. going to see a lot of those. I, I like screens. I yeah. Um, they, they, they I think the thing about it is going to have to find ways to get the ball just to people. Get the ball out of Blake's hand. That's a good game plan. Yeah. Call up Nate. But give, <laughs> him, him give him definitive options. You know, like this is the one guy you're looking for on this deep pass. Like, And I think they've done a decent job of that for the most part. But, I mean, we'll see. It's, and, the, and this is the kind of game where you feel like as long as you don't screw up and give the ball to their defense, you should be well, able to yeah. just if, if we can't keep stop rolling. the almighty Deshaun Kaiser. Oh. <laughs> All right. So, D.D. Westbrook tells uh, Mike and Mike over on the Teal and Black Blitz, Mike DiRocco and Mike K., that he expects to have a 200-yard receiving game in his debut. Stud. That is what I like. Baller. <laughs> All right, I got him. This team is like the most crazy mix of just <laughs> backyard swag. <laughs> like, and Dude, they're, they're, just, they're confident in themselves. There's no doubt when was the last team there's been a team like that? Like a, an attitude? Jaguars? Or no, 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 no. NFL. I mean, maybe like the Seahawks. Six years ago, yeah. Seahawks. <laughs> they're when when they the Legion of Boom. Good, yeah. yeah. Like, but it's a different type of aggression. Like this is a it's crazy intense. team. It's kind of like it's kind of like the Super Bowl Ravens team to where yeah, it was it's just nasty. Like yeah, yeah I think probably I mean going back to the Chargers and even the week before, but like Marcel Darius that Dude. that addition, 
It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to believe. And they just get after it. So it's going to be, this week's going to be fun. I mean, who would you rather have right now? Marcel Darius or Malik Jackson? Marcel Darius. Dude. Marcel Darius chest pressed. Dude, that is a hard of him. That is a hard thing to say. And yeah. I like both of them, but Marcel Darius did that's, something that's on Sunday. That's kind of Sunday. my point. Like, the fact that yeah. those two guys are your two starting defensive tackles, yeah. and you were able to get Darius for a six-round pick. It's unreal. It is something else. I know we're, we're kind of like just fanboying. <laughs> but it's when crazy. was the last time as Jaguar fans we've been able to fanboy? Like, oh, it's been so long. I know. remember gushing over Courtney Green, knocking the crap out of Tim Tebow. Yeah, I mean, we used to, <laughs> we used to have to so grab onto anything we could get. Yeah, and now it's like we're trying to like argue over the little nitpicky things. You <laughs> yeah, know? that's true. That's what you do when you win. Let's get to the other side of the ball, though. Uh, the Browns' offense is horrible. What? <laughs> it's got to be by what? far the worst offense in football. Are you telling me they that are? the Sean Kaiser, Cody Kessler, and Kevin Hogan aren't the quarterbacks you thought they were going to be? <laughs> so all three of them have played this year. Total, they have eight passing touchdowns and 18 interceptions. I mean, that is worse than a 2-1 to one interception to touchdown ratio. That's There's bad. three people on their entire team that I would take right now. I would take. Okay, let's hear it. I'd take Joe Kevin, Thomas. Kevin Zeitler. Joe Thomas is out because he's hurt. I know, but he's on there too. Well, yeah, but I'm taking him out because I'm talking okay. about active, healthy okay. guys. Kevin Zeitler. Yeah, he's I'd take right now. I'd take Joku because I like. I really like him as a tight end. He has not done crap no. this year, but but then again, look who he's got throwing the ball to him. Yeah, that's fair. Fair point. He makes flashes. His flashes. And what? Well, he hasn't has, been consistent though. But that's again, not true. I'm gonna perfect. go with two two guys on an entire team that I would take. Right I'd like Christian Kirksey. I mean, he would be Talvin's backup. I'm, t- I'm saying more of <laughs> who, who would you take right now that would be on the field? Zeitler would be on the field. Yeah. He'd be on the Crickets. Field. <laughs> yeah. He'd be on it's, the field. He'd be over. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he would be. He could start He'd over be either. He'd only guarantee. Joku would be on the field, but I don't think it would be. He probably wouldn't start. No. Honestly. He'd be probably our third stringer, unfortunately. It may be second. Uh. But yeah, so they have an awful passing attack, like we mentioned. Deshaun Kaiser holds on to the ball a long time usually. But, you know, a rookie that has receivers that can't get open, I mean, what else do you expect? He does have a decent deep ball. He's shown the ability to hit that, but who's he going to throw it to? Yeah. (laughs) They are coming off the best game they've had. Probably yeah, where they scored 24 year. points against not a very good line. <laughs> yeah. and it's funny because this is how we used to talk about the Jaguar. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. We got beat, but damn, we played pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we lost 24 to 38. I mean, this is a guy who's very athletic. You know, he's he can escape the pocket. He's shown he can avoid sacks really well. He um, is not a good quarterback. He's not a good he quarterback. He does have good athleticism, man. I did. Well, that's great. Johnny Manziel was an athlete. I didn't like him coming I, out of Notre Dame. But. I think I like Kaiser more than both of you guys. And I don't love what I've seen from him this year. Obviously, it's not been pretty, but just not he's accurate. in a bad situation. I too. just don't. And I, I didn't like him in college, but the comment that will forever stick in my mind is when your head coach in college pretty much calls you out and says you're an idiot for leaving. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not good. Not like, great. And no one talked bad about Brian Kelly for doing that. 
which is even more surprising. No, so, everyone just talks bad about him for other reasons. We, exactly, but like I think you just look at the raw talent, just the arm strength alone. Don't do it. Don't do that. You got to be able don't to hit that. a receiver. I uh, know, but don't say raw talent. Like he's he's got a he's got a good arm and he can he's very mobile. I mean, just athletically. Uh, yeah, he's he's he's. Unfortunately, this is, the, this is the big boy league, though. Yeah, like, you, can't, you can't just rely on no, at, at, athletics, athleticism. It's just, it's bad, bad, bad football. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about the Browns and something that they do well. Yeah. Uh, Duke Johnson. Yes. They do use him very nicely. He has 42 catches already this year, uh, 380-some-odd yards, and he's gotten two receptions of 41 yards. I mean, he's a guy, he's dangerous, he's mm. consistent as a guy that can come out of the backfield and catch passes, line up as a receiver and catch screens and short little hitches and stuff like that. Uh, and he's a guy who can play a very similar and repeatable game to what Austin Eckler did last week. Probably even better. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely faster. Yeah. He's stronger. I mean, he's, a, he's the same height, but... 10 pounds heavier. I'm not trying to uh, proclaim Duke Johnson's going to kill the Jaguars. No. I'm just saying, this is a guy, if you want to look for something that could a potentially yeah. that could potentially give the Jaguars problems, it is Duke Johnson. Yeah. However, the Jaguars know this. Yeah. The Jaguars know that the Browns do not have a, uh effective deep passing or even yeah. intermediate passing attack, and they know that they can attack Duke Johnson. And they're also going to probably wrap up this week after the coaching staff chews their asses out. Yeah, and I, I think a big part of what happened with Eckler was Hunter Henry and um, Travis Benjamin. Two guys yeah. pretty much opened up the window for Eckler to play football. Um, especially Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry, from the tight end spot, occupies your linebackers. and does not allow Miles Jack and Telvin Smith to fly ver- horizontally. You know, and let them cover the flats like they normally would. There's nobody. Joku on... can represent that a little bit. Yes, he can I, do that a little. I agree, but at the same time, there's not much on the Browns team that forces you to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Travis I... Benjamin, uh, former Brown, he is a vastly underrated asset in the NFL. I mean, I agree. he is so fast. He's so good at route running. He's and, one of the fastest people in the NFL. I mean, they yeah, call like, him a rabbit for a reason. And, you know, Hunter Henry's a very good player as well. The Browns don't have anyone nearly as polished to open up things for Duke Johnson. You're right about no, that. No, and I think Duke Johnson's productivity in the past game, while it's very impressive, it is impressive. I mean, 42 catches, like, to be a devil's advocate at the same time, just shows the inability of their receivers. Oh, yeah. tight ends their receivers and tight ends are awful. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of Hugh Jackson... Looking at his players and understanding this guy's just a playmaker. I yeah, mean, I mean you got to get you, the ball to. The you're gonna that you think Hugh Jackson. I saw so many different formations and different weird looks and play designs throughout the year. You're going, and the average fan is going to watch the game and see something probably that he's never seen before yeah. at some point in the game. Here, offensively. Yeah. Love that. Okay, they are probably yeah, <laughs> asshole. Sorry, <laughs> my wife watches it too. <laughs> but I mean, good good coaches. It's still yet to be seen with Jackson because he just honestly hasn't had much success, and there's been some really head scratching stuff. But 
good coaches find ways to get their best players the football, and that's you know, I clearly hope, Duke. I hope he gets another year. He should. But that front office doesn't seem like it's gonna happen. I really Nightmare. hope he finds another team to be a coach for. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Because that's look fair. at all the other they're, coaches. They're gonna have so many first round picks over the next couple of years, though. I'd just love to see Hugh. But they don't. Get the but they don't love him. They don't like let him do it. I know. And they don't like quarterbacks. Aren't they? Really? The team? The <laughs> yeah, they are looking like. Didn't they bring? They've a always looked analyst? ridiculously stupid, and a, like a lawyer or something yeah. to be. Yeah, to run that's their absurd. Stuff. But you know. They have. They're gonna have so much opportunity over the next couple of years to acquire good talent. And they passed on Carson Wentz. They passed on Jared Goff. They passed on Deshaun Watson. They picked Deshaun. But e- Kaiser. even even at this point now, they picked Joku in the first round, didn't they? Or was it? it, Joku it was, they had two first round picks. And it was, it was Joku Peppers and, Peppers and Joku. Yeah. yeah. But that I mean, was an awful. First look, round looking round. at where they are now. Yeah. Who would you take? 49ers first round pick or the Browns first round? Pick? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but. Looking where they are now, I mean, even if they make all of the right moves through the offseason, uh, draft, things like that, they're a bare minimum two to three years just from being a competitive football team. Well, they've won two games in the last. You get a quarterback, two things years. change. Yeah. They have Corey Coleman. The thought of They that. have a good offensive line. Mm-hmm. They have Duke Johnson, who's a weapon at running back. I mean, you're talking about an offense well, that, that could be. A quarterback and a real starting running back away from being a good offense. And maybe another wide, probably two or three more. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, so it's kind of a lot, but still. And then you got to worry the about the defense. Well, I mean, you said they got a good And they have some line. good players on every level of the defense already. Yeah. They do. Yeah. I, they're closer to being decent than the Jaguars were the first couple of years in the Dave Caldwell Gus Bradley rebuild. And it took a lot yeah. just to get to where we were last year. Yeah, so I, I, I just I, I like Hugh Jackson. I'd like to see him do well. Yeah. But, and now that the Jaguars are good, why don't we invite the Browns to the party? Nah, man. Come join some success. Nah, with us. I like <laughs> having someone to beat on. I was annoyed with the Raiders having somewhat a successful <laughs> yeah. year last yeah, year. Yeah, I'm sure Browns fans are irritated with us too. But uh, we're leaving the basement and leaving all of them behind. Speaking of that nice offensive line, let's go ahead and take a look at that. Joe Thomas, the left tackle, he got sent to IR, torn triceps, one of the best left tackles of all time. Oh, first ballot Hall of Famer. So he's a fantastic player. Uh, He's replaced by Spencer Drango, who's played horrible since replacing (laughs) uh, Joe Thomas, to be quite honest. He hasn't been effective as a pass blocker or or, or in run blocking, for that matter. Like He's just been... Overall, a major letdown. Zach Banner, he's a rookie. Uh, he replaced Sean Coleman last week, who got a concussion at right tackle. And he actually played pretty well. He was undrafted, but he was a rookie this year. Played Is this pretty well. Zach Banner from USC? I don't know his school, my friend. But he played pretty well last week, uh, replacing... Um, Coleman over at the right tackle spot. So, as a rookie, he's still going to be a guy you want to go after, but it seems like those edges are just going to be feeding ground for the Jaguars' ends. Yeah, uh, Zach Banner it is, uh, is of USC fame. Actually was drafted by the Colts oh, okay. in the fourth round and cut okay, okay, earlier okay. this year. 
Gotcha. I so, saw that he wasn't drafted by the Browns. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he, he was drafted by the Colts, and to be cut by the Colts before you even play a game in right, the NFL? That's a, that's a that's offensive line needy team. Yeah. So that's weird. I don't buy into it yet. Like, if he has, he's a big dude. He's right. six, I'm just saying nine, he played well. I'm not saying he's. Yeah. He's a guy that the Jaguars shouldn't attack because he is. He's a rookie <laughs> playing in his second game against yeah. the best pass rush in football. But yeah, these, I mean, these. Across the offensive line, interior, they're a bit better. Yeah, um, they uh, have the cards. But Tony Evans, Yeah, well, they, they spent the house on the interior this offseason. So <laughs> yeah, you better be effective. They're like, I see what the Bengals are doing. They haven't been able to win a playoff game. Let's do the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> spend on interior offensive linemen. <laughs> and, and take one happen- of theirs in the process. Yeah, and they just <laughs> happen to have Joe Thomas as a left tackle. So I mean, it's a good foundation for them to start working with. It's not working all that great. Um, obviously, the two guys they broke the bank for still playing very well. Yeah. But it's just such a mess everywhere else. I mean, I've seen, because, like you said earlier, Deshaun Kaiser holds the ball so long, there were so many holding penalties. And I was surprised. Yeah. It's It, it just seems they're one of the most penalized teams in the and league. And they've given up a lot of sacks, too. I think yeah. 27. So it's it's definitely. So you're saying we might have a double digit sack game. This could yeah, be one of those it games. Could be, but I mean, it's definitely something where you know the guys on the defensive line are looking their chops to get at a rookie quarterback, a rookie right tackle, a guy, and the left tackle is not playing very well. Yeah, I mean, they 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 got to be looking at this and just absolutely trying to find every way to just terrorize them. Yeah. Now, they do have Isaiah Crowell at running back. He's played well in their last two games, but poor overall. Yeah. And he's been an inconsistent player since his time in the NFL uh, for the Browns. Let's go ahead and get into why I'm licking my chops. Predictions. What do we got? We finally got three predictions this week. Oh, boy. So much more fun. Oh, no, you, Some people say oh, it, it three's says, a crowd, but I'm excited. It says Jordan's first. Oh. No, no. That's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going first. Prediction. Yep. Welcome back. I'm going to go 31 to 6. Jaguars. Right. right. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we got jokes. 31, I'm going 31 6, Jaguars. All right. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to follow in the footsteps of Tashawn Gibson. I'm not going to say we're going to drop 40 on him. I do think we put you shut out. Okay. I'm gonna say I don't think I'm gonna say 24 to nothing. It's not gonna be the blowout city like it was against the Ravens. Um, I just I think they do have a somewhat solid defense, and I just think it's their our our defense is gonna absolutely be smothering them. We've seen what happens when you can't run the ball, so I'm a little bit cautious, but it's it's gonna be a game that shouldn't be even close. <laughs> Well, I'm being a bit conservative. <laughs> I do. I agree. I think you are being conservative. And I'm not going to be conservative. I'm going to go shut out. And I'm going to go 34-0. All right. Jaguars. I think that the Jaguars are going to make some huge defensive plays. I think they might get in the end zone on defense. Um I think if they don't get in on the end zone on defense, they'll definitely get some field goals from the defensive turnovers. 
And I think the offense is going to play well. The, the Excuse me, I almost said the Chargers. The Browns' defense is not good right now. Jamie mm-hmm. Collins, their best player, is gone. You know what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can take advantage of that defense all day. And I think they're going to. 34-0 Jaguars. Yeah, I, I, I watched... The last thing I watched before I came over here was the Titans game. And... They gave the Titans fits. I don't. And the know. Titans are funky right now. Yeah, they're a team that could barely beat the Browns. Took them to overtime. They did end up beating the Colts by more than ten points, but it was a game where they didn't pull away till the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Colts are terrible. And then they barely beat the Ravens. And then this week they had a contest with the Bengals. Yeah, they're they're definitely <laughs> very shaky ground. But I mean, it was a game where they got three interceptions. I don't think they turned over. I think that they turned over the ball maybe once, if at all. And they still <laughs> it was right down to the end. Yeah. So, and that, I mean, I, I I'm predicting a blowout, but I I'm a little hesitant because the defense. Here's is, my is, thing. Their strength matches up against ours. Here's my thing with the Jaguars and Titans. I think when they line up on the field together, they are extremely evenly matched. Because the Titans have an amazing offensive line and great running backs. Mm-hmm. And that really plays to the Jaguars' weaknesses. Yeah. Well, it did. We'll see if it does. And I think that they're in the head of the Jaguars. They're the Titans. Mm-hmm. Jaguars were 15-3, and three, including the playoffs, in 1999. Yeah. This is a team, a franchise, that has just always gotten after the Jaguars. But... When they're not on the same field, I think this Jaguars team is far superior to that Titans team. Against other teams, I think the Jaguars are far better than the Titans. Can we do another prediction for this game? <laughs> Ooh, okay. What is it? I just want to do over, two over-unders. Okay. Five sacks. Um, okay, let's, let's, let's make go. sure we record that's, this. That's one. That's, that's my first one. All right. <clears throat> Five sacks. What are you doing, Scott? Over. You're going over? Yeah. Just the fact that he holds the ball so long and the offensive line is sketchy on the outside. <laughs> Saxonville is angry. They didn't get a sack last week. Yeah, I'm going over. Come too, on, so. over. Everybody's going over. Yeah. yeah. All right. And then the next one, 250 yards passing for Bortles. Oh, I'll take the over on that one as well. I feel like if we can get over on both of those, like any of these score predictions are going to happen. Yeah. yeah. It's I mean, I was just thinking of like two. is not a lot against a team that no, allows you to throw the ball. Yeah, I agree, but I feel like if Bortles is throwing over 250 yards this year, when he's throwing over 250, like we've been really productive. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like he's not throwing 250 in garbage time this year. Mm-hmm. It's it's been there's been no garbage time. Well, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. like we're throwing 250 because we're beating the living shit out of the team we're playing, or at least we're in a game. Where we're being productive, so mm-hmm. I think if you can get those two over unders and be productive at those two over unders, we're gonna win the football game. Yeah, like I mean, they're gonna dominate the football. Yeah, game. like <laughs> not just win, but like that's gonna be we're gonna be here next Wednesday talking about four in a row. Oh my god, yeah, it's the best game ever. <laughs> we're seven and three. Really, really thinking about that number one seed. In seven the and three. All right. Yeah, seven and three. So we we're gonna go around the AFC South real quick. We know the Jaguars are playing the Browns. Uh, Titans versus Steelers, best matchup of the week in the NFL, probably. So this is an interesting conundrum. Jaguars are in direct competition with the Titans for the AFC South crown. 
Both teams are six and three. Titans hold the tiebreaker right now. Uh, Steelers seven and two. The Jaguars are in competition for home field advantage in the playoffs with. So the more direct competition is the Titans. So you obviously got to root for the Steelers, but give me that division. <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. Either way, you're going to be able to find a, a happy note out of that. The Steelers one. will win by twenty points. I think the Steelers are going to win as well. Uh, Colts are on a bye. They're three and seven. They're the Colts awful. will win. The Colts almost beat the Steelers. They're going to win on Sunday. Yeah, the Colts guaranteed. <laughs> they are. They're <laughs> not going to lose. They're not going to lose. That's <laughs> right. You can put that one on the on the board. Uh, Texans. Cardinals. We didn't lose this week. Texans are three and seven, playing the four and five Cardinals. The Cardinals are the team that the Jaguars play in week uh, twelve. Uh, Blaine Gabbert is the. Cardinals starting quarterback. Blaine Gabbert makes his return to the NFL starting lineup. We're going to beat our demons of Blaine Gabbert and Byron Leftwich. Yeah, (laughs) Byron Leftwich is the quarterback coach over there. So you've got Byron Leftwich, the master, teaching the apprentice. (laughs) (laughs) As we all expect that, though. Yeah, that is like bizarro world. It's crazy. But I, I, I. in all fairness, I've heard Byron is a fantastic quarterback. Yes. So and if Bruce Arians has your back in yeah. coaching, like you're probably a pretty good coach. And, I, and I'm getting a little bit ahead of the uh, jump in the gun here, but Blake Bortles, the car, Arizona has been kind of a landing spot if he's a free agent next year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just he could be a Cardinal. That's, that's though. I mean, honestly, though, I, that, that doesn't sound shocking. Yeah, I mean, if he's Blake been, Bortles been, ends up in Arizona... Even if it's five years from now, <laughs> could you imagine like the pipeline we have going to Arizona? Yeah. Uh, and Arians stuck up for Gabbert today, too. And cool. asked about his, uh, he has know, no his past. Option. He was like, played on a lot of shitty teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he has. He true. contributed to a lot it's, of that shittiness. It's yeah. very true. Let's get into our PFF minute. Jalen Ramsey, 47.2 passer rating allowed. AJ Boye, 36.8 passer rating allowed in 2017. These guys are just my, stupid. My favorite stat is that a spike is 39. Yes. yes. <laughs> that is and my all-time AJ favorite Boy, stat. You're better off yeah. spiking the ball than throwing it at AJ All-time Boy. favorite stat of ever in yeah, history. Awesome. That stat right there. That's great. Uh, Jaguars <laughs> unanimous picks to beat the Browns by BFF. Of course they are. Uh, they've been unanimous picks three weeks in a row, so... Let's keep it going. We're not that bad. We're not that bad. It's so weird. Yeah, there's something else. Unique Ngakwe, a 20.2 pass rush grade against the Chargers, which that might not sound great, but it is great. Yay, for random numbers. He had four hurries, three quarterback hits. Uh, He was really one of the guys, like I mentioned before, that was able to affect the game pass rushing. Without actually getting a sack. Is he possibly Dave Caldwell's like saving grace slash diamond in the rough? Like this is it has to be one I of mean, the best. I'm not steals. gonna say saving grace. I would say Lindbergh. Probably Lindbergh. his best Unique was probably his or best Telvin. value pick. Or Telvin. Fifth I mean, round. Telvin. But I'm just thinking like Telvin, I mean, Linder, and Yannick Ngakwe are three picks that somehow he third to pulled, fifth round. That yeah. he pulled from literally out of his ass almost and are just dudes on our team. Yeah. yeah. I mean Jalen's amazing first round pick. Yeah. Uh, Dante's playing amazing first round Colvin, pick. Colvin. Fourth round pick. Aaron Colvin, yeah. It's hard to say that it's unique, but I mean, out of all those guys, you take Jalen in front of Unique. You Dante and Unique 
hard to say who you would take. Probably unique, but right now maybe. unique. But I mean, unique might be the best pass natural pass rusher we've hmm. had in Jacksonville since what Tony Brackens. Oh well, he's better than Tony Brackens. I'm sorry, but he's the, but he's the best. Since like this is the first time we've had a dude like that. Yeah, he's the best. Wow. He's That's the best. Incredible what he <laughs> best best. Uh, I mean, I got that best. But the <laughs> fact that we got him from just like Maryland out of the middle of no, you know. Well, the thing is, it wasn't out of the middle of nowhere. His knock on him coming out was that he couldn't play, be a, uh, you know, a three-down well, pass rusher or a three-down defensive end. You're starting to he see... He led the nation in sacks coming out. I though. agree, but I think you're starting to, like, the coaching staff in the front office, I think you're starting to see, like, the work they really put in that was kind of pushed to the side. Like, this was, you know, uh, holy crap, Todd Walsh is, like, guy coming into that draft. Like, they talk about that a lot now. But, like, previously, like, the knock was they can't find the talent, they can't coach the talent, Caldwell sucks. Like, and now all of a sudden he you're starting to... his first draft. I agree. Caldwell whiffed on a lot, but he's hit on but a lot. But you're starting yeah. to see this blossoming He's kind of, of like them, uh, you know... But look at the, the free home run hitter. pickups also. He has hit a lot of home runs. Mm-hmm. He struck out a lot, but he's hit a lot of home runs. Yeah. Look, I mean, look at New England. They've been... They've hit on some things... And they, he's regarded as a great coach and great personnel guy. The past few drafts, right? But the thing they hit on at first was uh, Tom Brady number twelve. Tom Brady helps <laughs> in the sixth so, round. Yeah, but right. you hit on one Tom Brady in your entire life, yeah. like all thirty-two teams. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying anyone should. I'm saying they were given quick credibility because of the Tom Brady. I agree, and I think one thing, I and think, because you know they won the Super Bowl. One thing that can't be overlooked with what Caldwell and like you know now Tom Coughlin have what they've done is build like a culture and a chemistry between the people they run in, and the, it, that can't be overlooked. There is no division in that locker room from top no, to bottom. That's awesome. Like the best example <clears throat> is uh, AJ Boye and Jalen Ramsey. Like they you know, they're not competing with each other. No. Each well, one they of them are, like, but they're not. AJ's the best corner. <laughs> yeah. Jalen will say that. Jalen or AJ's like Jalen's the best corner. They love each other and they push each other. Yeah. And you know, Telvin's the glue that gets everything together. Yeah. He's Him just, and Calais. Yeah. Calais is mic'd up are amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love listening to Calais. So is Telvin though. You feel me? No, I agree. <laughs> but something about Calais, he's so calming. Like yeah. in the most like intense parts of the game. Yeah, and he's he'll talk to people about come you on, know come on, man, we no <laughs> he will talk to players <laughs> about the situation that's yeah. going on and being like, you know, we just gotta pull through this. This is what good teams do. Let's pull through it right yeah. now. And it yeah. Calais is awesome too, no doubt about it. Now, keep one, let one walk. McCordy versus Boye. What, what was last week? Last week, week we did Ingram and Ngakwe. I think you'd have to give last week to Ingram, because their pass rush was better than ours, but Ngakwe, you know, he got the four is this, hurries. The is this keep hits. one or let one walk for this week or in general? Well, when we're picking, we're picking <coughs> total, not just this week. But when we're going back and looking at it, we look at So, like, right now, we're picking McCordy and Boye for... For your team moving for the forward, entire, not just this okay, week. I'm yeah, going Boye. Like, yeah, I think... It, it's it's hard. Either way, it. you can't go wrong. <laughs> I'm going Boye. I think you go Boye <clears> because <throat> he brings a different attitude to the game than McCordy. Mm-hmm. McCordy's a quiet, more quiet type guy. I just think it goes to that chemistry. Like, yeah, Jalen and Boye just they they're perfect together. And yeah. I th- I th- I think mentally, 
Boye is really on a different level than a lot of other guys. I mean, he he talked about on the on the play or the interception. He was like, I knew they were going to try and come back to this one look at some point that he got beat on earlier. Yeah, the scissors. And he was like, I'm, I want to make Philip Rivers look bad. I know it's coming. Yeah. He saw something. He was able to recognize it, diagnose it, and be physical enough to make the play. Amazing play. Great. Great guy. And then asked the entire team and crowd, are you not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. It's fantastic. <clears throat> so, yeah. Uh, well, I'll take Boyer, I guess. You know how that pans out? Yeah. Get out of here. It'd be hard for me to take anybody in the league over Boye and Ramsey. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to say Jason McCoy is PFS number one corner. But I'm not going based off pure talent, what they're doing on the field. I'm I'm going off of the mixture of talent and that that playing together with Ramsey. And that's a thing the whole team is going through right now. This is a team playing for each other. Yeah, yeah and I think that you can't that, overlook it. No, like, you can't. It's, it's crazy how, how they go from a player's coach that was all about happiness and bubbles and fairy but dust. But to be, to be fair, like, <laughs> that definitely show like, I, I, I don't want to give necessarily him credit, but I feel like that attitude of really caring, like, that building is your family it, is starting to really show and does. the wins are finally starting to show. But and I, how they reacted and treated Gus Bradley after the game on Sunday yeah. showed how much they really cared about him and possibly what he meant to them and in I abs- their career. I absolutely think that cultivating a culture like that is is huge because you want to go yeah. out and be the best that you can be for the guy that's fighting next right. to you. The, but there has there to was be parts of what Gus Bradley did that resonated and yeah. still stick with these players. But parts of what Gus Bradley did were absolutely he was, atrocious. I think he was the wrong coach for the, that time. He 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 had the right message and he got the guys to want to want to win for him. He just did. I don't think he knew yeah. how to get them to do that. Yeah. No, he um, didn't know how to get the most out of all. The he players. couldn't translate it to the field. He, which makes me think he's a he, he, he's someone like a great coordinator who can have the disciplinarian. I mean, you see what his defense yeah. is doing. They're playing great football, and uh, he got a name for himself in Seattle. Yeah. So. Which oh, Pete Carroll. I don't want to end the note on talking about Gus Br- or end the show talking about Gus Bradley. AJ's my boy. Eh? AJ is my boy. We're getting some of those shirts. AJ is my boy. We're making them. Uh, we're going to have them out hopefully in a couple weeks here for y'all. But that should be a lot of fun. Again, we're going to be out at the Bricks Tap House this weekend for the Jaguars game. Complimentary brunch starting at 11 a.m. through 1, a- or 1 p.m. Excuse me, And then uh, the game, obviously, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. Drink specials all day. We'll be out there. Selling some cold weather gear as well. We're going to have some Saxonville hoodies and long sleeves, along with all our other gear. This show, as all our shows, presented by Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the Gin Jag podcast. Find them online at boldcitybrewery.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. You can find Scott Klein on Twitter at ScottKlein1, Hunter Evans at CoachH underscore Evans, and you can find myself at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter. Uh, check out jinjag.com, all the latest news, analysis, videos. Uh, we actually had a video blog, a vlog this week uh, of UCF Jaguars game day experience. You can check that out. That was a lot of fun to watch. Basically, he took you through the entire morning tailgate, going to get his tickets, getting in the game, 
It was a really cool experience to watch. And uh, make sure to follow UCF Jaguar on Twitter, too, at UCF Jaguar. Come see us this weekend at Briggs Tap House. Uh, review us on iTunes if you got some time. Follow us on SoundCloud. We'd really appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Let's go get this dub up in Cleveland. Make uh, Cleveland look like the dreary city that it is. Prove me wrong. Drop a 40 burger. Yeah, let's do it. As you say for a burger? 40. Is it only a 50 burger? Is it only no, a you can say 40. Okay. Yeah, you can say 40. So let's go hang 40 on them for Tashawn Gibson. And let's have a great weekend. And let's get ready for Blaine Gabbard. Next oh week. man, I'm so excited. <laughs> All right, have a great day, Duval. Peace. Thanks so much for listening to the Jinjag Podcast with your host, Jordan DeLugo. Online at jinjag.com. Twitter at Generation Jag. Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar. Block and teal all day. We'll catch you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.